everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Morey. I'm Corey Tyndall. And this week we're here to talk about Prey, uh, P-R-E-Y, not the uh, thing you do to the deity that you believe in, um, which is the uh, one, two, three, four, fifth Predator movie, not counting the Alien versus Predator movies, or seventh if you do count those, um, or eighth, I guess, if you count those. Uh, yeah, it's the new film from Dan Trachtenberg, who directed um, 10 Cloverfield Lane previous to this, and that Portal short film, right? Did he direct that? I'm not sure. You know what about? I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. You... Okay. I think he directed a, pre- uh, a Portal short film as well. Anyway, this podcast are, yeah, he I did. think, okay. I think all of us are pretty big fans of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was great. Um, yeah. Great movie. Um, so this is follow up. It's available on Hulu for some reason. Um, we'll talk about and... that more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason is that Disney doesn't care about a 20th Century Fox movie not named Avatar. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the Predator comes to Earth in the, what, 1700s, right? Is that when it takes place? Yeah. Um, into the Great Plains in uh, to, like, essentially Comanche territory. And it's about this young Comanche woman who has to fight, fight off the Predator. And that's the movie. Um, it's kind of about her navigating her tribe and, and um, her place in the tribe wanting to be a hunter and tracker while, like, you know, most of the women are, you know, they gather and they take care of stuff kind of back at the campsite or the, the, the you know, uh, in their, like, where they live and stuff like that. So uh, it's about her um, kind of dealing with that. Um they shot this film on location. Um, Mostly in Canada, right? In Canada, right. On, um, it wasn't Cherokee land. Uh, shoot, I had it. Uh, Stony Nakoda land. Um, and Amber Midthunder, who is the lead in this, I think she's part Nakoda. Yeah, she is. Okay. Um, so yeah, they shot it in Calgary um, on Stony Nakoda land, and they shot it entirely in natural light, which is crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so other than that, that's kind of it. There's like a subplot with her and her brother kind of having like a strange relationship once again because he thinks she's kind of overstepping her bounds, is trying to be a hunter and tracker, uh, but he also knows she's very good at it. Um, so kind of like walking that line and, and balancing between that and the rest trying to get the rest of the men in the tribe to take her seriously. And then a further subplot about like French trappers around that time who were killing and skinning Buffalo. And um, they kind of play into that because the predator wants to find the most, like essentially the alpha predator, right? The apex predator of whatever planet it's visiting and take that out and take its skull as a trophy, essentially the predator as a creature is motivated entirely by like killing the most powerful hunters in the world that it, uh, it, that it invades essentially. That's it. That's all there is to this movie. It's just hunt, hunting the predator and being hunted by the predator. Uh, so yeah, what did you guys think about prey, Mike? We can start with you. Well, I think it's gonna probably be the same sentiment we have across the board. <laughs> but it it was a good movie, and there's not much to say. Uh, it I I enjoyed. Uh, the setting of it I think it was novel to go and have a predator movie take place other than our modern times 
and other than an alien world, I guess, because what the predator or yeah, predators, predators. was predators. an alien planet. Yeah. Um, so setting it in a different location, I think, did wonders to kind of refresh the premise, which is still basically the same premise as the original and everything after, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, but that goes and shows that uh, you can kind of breathe new life into something. It was kind of understated. It wasn't very bombastic for the most part. And it was filmed on location, which mm-hmm. it sounds ridiculous to go and say that I'm giving <laughs> so much credit and to this. But it it's refreshing to see that it wasn't filmed mostly on a soundstage for once. And so all that kind of contributed to um, it was a little more a more visceral feeling behind it. The action was generally pretty good. Had some mm-hmm. pretty uh, standout sequences that got the blood pumping. But yeah. on the other hand, it was pretty basic. Um, you know, I've heard some people go and say that this was the best of the lot, which is not saying much for most of the Predator movies. <laughs> but I think that the yeah. first one, the first movie, I think is better than this one. It's the cast was way more iconic and likable. Got some of these you know, really awesome '80s uh, action hero uh, actors together, and this doesn't quite compare. But it was a little more low key, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. And it just was a simple, well-told, well-executed movie. So overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd say very much in a similar vein. I enjoyed it. I think it was a more simple, stripped-down, uh, you could say, like, intimate story. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of stuff going on here. You know, there's not, like, crazy amounts of subplots. But for... And, that, and this isn't a knock against it, but for a simple story it was executed well. Like, mm-hmm. it shot well. I think all the actors did a great job. The guy who played the Predator, I thought, did awesome. He's and, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I just think, you know, and I don't have a great history with the Predator movies. Like, I've seen the first one, so I don't know about any of the other ones. But I felt like this is a pretty, like, solid entry in the franchise. And from the little bit of research I did, like, after I watched the film... It seems like this was kind of a breath of fresh air that the franchise needed just to do something really different. Um, And I felt like it was a well-told story and, like, the main character, Naru, I feel like she is well-developed. So, like, when you get to the end of the film and she is able to defeat the Predator, it doesn't just feel like, oh, well, like, she, like, lucked her way through it or it's like she just got a crazy power boost and, like, the scaling's all weird. It felt like oh, yeah, like, we've seen her grow as a character, and it makes sense the way that she beats the Predator because we know she's not going to do it, like, off of brute force. So I just thought there was a lot of really good, like, writing choices, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, it's a good movie. We're the bad guys. See you next week. Um, <laughs> All right. I, 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 I uh, yeah, it, it's good. It's, uh, it's really... I mean, it's a solid 100-minute movie, which is about as long as the Predator movie should probably yeah. be. Yeah, yep. uh, <laughs> um, it's cool. They uh, they dubbed the movie. Like, obviously, no studio in their right mind is going to, like, let them make a movie entirely in Comanche and then yeah. subtitle it, especially <laughs> with Predator. But they dubbed it in Comanche, and they got every single actor to come back and do their own Comanche speaking for the dub, um, which is cool. We watched it in the dub and with English subtitles and it was awesome. I, uh, I wish I had done that. I didn't know there was the two versions. And I remember watching mm-hmm. it. I was like, 
like I really enjoying this. It feels immersive. You know what would have been awesome is like if we would have gotten <laughs> this in like the native language. And so then yeah. afterwards, I was like, oh crap, yep. it was a dub. Yeah. I made the <laughs> Did same you mistake. watch it? Oh really? Yeah, I I, yeah. I found out afterwards. I was like, damn it, I would have liked that version more. I yeah, think. yeah, too. it's pretty it's pretty good. It's very immersive. Like we very much felt like we were in it with them. And I think Trackenberg. Yeah is incredible at that like kind of unmatched right now as far as like immersing you into like a setting of one of his movies like 10 cloverfield lane is very claustrophobic it's very tight it's Mm -hmm. you feel like you're in there with them like he shoots it really well to like feel that and then prey is almost the opposite it's very big and grand and like yeah yeah expansive and once again like i said shot it entirely in natural light which blows my mind that's amazing yeah yeah it looks really really (laughs) really good um yeah, and it's just like I think it's cool to kind of see someone care about a predator movie this way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I mean, to you care know, care about predator's a movie not, in general. Uh, care about it, yeah. To see like a director who actually like took the time to do their research, one about the culture that they're portraying, yeah. right? Like, yep. we were kind of looking up like uh, what some of the war paint men, and it was like pretty, like pretty accurate to what it would have meant to that culture mm-hmm. um, at that time. Um, and like how it like how it comes and goes to over the course of the film to kind of illustrate what mindset in particular Naru is in. Mm-hmm. Um, great dog character in this movie. Like yeah. the dog is really really good. I know it sounds weird to be like, oh, awesome animal actor, but like <laughs> I think everyone does have like a sense about them. Like there's a you get who each character is, and there aren't a lot of them, and we don't spend a lot of time with them. We can see them evolve over the movie. We can see them learn. Mm. I think that's the best thing Amber Mid Thunder does in the movie is like you are constantly watching her gears turning. She's so good yeah. at just like portraying thinking, if that makes sense. Like I feel like that's a very hard thing to come across, like without looking like blank face Mm -hmm. but you can every time the movie like shows a close-up of her you can kind of see the 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 hamster wheel like working over time of like okay how do i adapt how do i get out of the situation how do i get the predator into this situation how do i like she does that constantly and it's really really effective for doing that um kind of wish there was more gore uh if i had any any uh criticisms of it because predator movies are pretty gory um this this felt like it kind of pulled back a little bit from that. Um, so yeah, other than that, good movie. You should watch it. Uh, yeah. Sad I couldn't see it in a theater. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it more in a theater. Yeah. Yep. Especially like a movie like this where it's very immersive, it mm-hmm. would have benefited immensely from yeah. the theater yeah. experience. So, some of those like huge landscape shots, I think, like would have benefited from like being able to see that in a yeah. theater. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going to say, it even extends to the score. I think that, like, mm-hmm. it's a minimalistic score, but I think it was pretty effective, and hearing it with a good sound system would have helped yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, <laughs> not to, like, humble brag or whatever, but I have a <laughs> pretty good sized TV and a mm-hmm. pretty good sound system, and I still was like, ah, I really wish I would have seen this in a theater, especially because, like, a week later, I saw Nope, and, like, yeah. I can't imagine not seeing Nope in a theater, yeah, you know? Yeah, um, and, like, yeah. even even with my, like, big TV and soundbar, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Top Gun Maverick at home, you know? Like, mm. it's just still not the same. Um, and, like, it looked great, and now it's, it's streaming in HDR, which is cool. Um, but, yeah, I really, I really wanted to see this in a theater. Like, I remember when the first trailer came out, 
I was like, okay, cool, like a na- like a, you know, a native thing, and they're hunting. Oh my god, it's a predator movie! Like I thought the reveal in the first trailer was really good, and uh, yeah, it just should have been a uh, a theatrical experience that we all could have had, but it it wasn't, um, and I'm sad about that. Well, I yeah. mean, that's something. I mean, I we can talk more about the film, but I'm just curious. Like, do you guys have thoughts? Like, why? We didn't get this in theaters. I mean, there's probably oh, the easy yeah. answer of like Disney's relationship with like their newly acquired, you know, property. But I'm just curious if you have other thoughts. Uh, yeah. No, I'll let MJ go first. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Are. I got to pull something up real quick. It's because of uh, Predators only making $52 million on like a $40 million budget and oh. the predator only making $51 million on an $80 million budget. Oh, yeah. So that'll do it. a bit on the decline. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was, that's why it was dumped on streaming, which sucks. Cause I know a lot of people who watched it, which is cool. Like it's, that's the, the, the uptick to streaming is a lot of people watched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone I know was like, Oh man, I really wish I could have seen that in a, yeah. <laughs> in a theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's sad that this movie kind of had to pay for the sins of the other ones. Yeah. 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 And I, I think yeah. this kind of demonstrates, and I'm going to go outside the scope of the subject a little bit. Um, what other tired franchises could go and do, which is they begin to rebuild their reputation by just taking the premise and going to a different location or setting or something, having a twist that's simple and basic and just getting down to the basics. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, to take another similarly tired 80s series, uh, Terminator could do very well <laughs> to just have a strip down to the basics. They're chased by a robot. That's it. Like they're yep. scraping by barely um, and they've got no help on their on their own type of movie. Um, you know, everything that they've done in the last 10 or 15 years has been <laughs> trying to add on to or contradict or reinterpret yep. the yeah. iconography of the of Terminator 2 in particular. And mm-hmm. none of them have reached those heights. Uh, you, you've had like Terminator Genesis, which was trying to be this weird, like this is kind of the remake reboot quill, but also referencing other things, but they go slightly differently than you plan type like movie. Anyway, it's just like yeah. so in love with its own mythology at this point and twisting and changing it. And then obviously, you know, you had dark fate, which was like, well, this is the real Terminator three, you know, not to go and talk about the other Terminator three that exists <laughs> and all that stuff. It's just like, Go back to the very first movie. It's just like a woman on the run from something that kill is trying to kill her. And then this, yeah, for example, it, is the same thing. Like that's yeah. that's the kind of angle mm-hmm. you need to take some of these really tired ass franchises and, yeah. and just well, especially with something again. as simple a premise as this, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. The premise of every predator movie is predator wants to kill the apex predator of yep. the society that of the either the hierarchy it's created by kidnapping these people and making them like into the most dangerous game Mm -hmm. essentially like it wants the ultimate goal for that thing is to eliminate people one by one but then killing like the big showdown right yeah or killing the apex predator of whatever it lands on right like if it lands on you know whatever alien planet it is or in antarctica where there is a xenomorph or whatever Mm -hmm. right like that's a very simple premise but i think uh, you know almost the opposite of kind of what you were saying mike on our jurassic world episode of like this is how you do it well, right? Yeah. Like you were talking yeah. about how tired that premise is, mm-hmm. but like 
Predator's a pretty tired premise, oh, but yeah. there's still there's still some 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 juice in there. Like Dan Trachtenberg came at it from an angle right. yeah. that like is new and interesting and refreshing and something we haven't seen before with this pretty simple premise. Yeah. Yeah. And like my kingdom for a Godzilla movie set in like old timey Japan, like yes. having having Ronin fight Godzilla sounds dope <laughs> as hell. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, like a historical twist on premise premises is is good. Like, yeah. Um, and there's a reason why the Assassin's Creed video game franchise is the same yeah. idea, but it's yeah. in a different setting, and that gets people excited because, like, oh wow, this is kind of different. This is uh, 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 like it. It makes people kind of think about history some more, which is, I think, always a good thing. Um, yeah. But you know, I just think it goes and imbues these tired concepts with something a little fresh. Because then it's like, well, how are they going to beat this thing with that technology? And you know, what, then it goes and removes the problem of why aren't why isn't anybody using their cell phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. Which is always a problem with things. So um, you know, I, I think that that's kind of an angle to take a lot of different franchises, actually. Yeah. Well, and also you can set up this like, I kind of want to see like. And you could even maybe do an anthology movie and just kind of do one of these at a time, like Predator Through the Ages. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see him in, like, caveman times or, like, fighting dinosaurs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that would be rad, I think, you know? And and I'm not a Predator super fan, but, like, reading over some of the, like, stuff on the internet, like, it seems like this Predator is, like, a less evolved version, right? Because he's got that bone yeah. helmet instead of yeah. the kind of futuristic one. And his weapons are a little more primitive of, like, some of the stuff we see the Predators have in the future installments. So, like, they've even kind of devolved the Predator to meet the time period a little yeah. bit. So, it shows how the Predator is, like, so, a, 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 they kind of take notes, right, as mm-hmm. they get bested or as their champions get bested over the, the millennia to, like, improve their weapons and what to train in and, and what to be on the lookout for and things like that. Yeah, and and that makes them dangerous in a different way because they're also figuring things out in this time uh-huh. period as yeah. well. So it, all these things lend themselves to making the concept fresh while still retaining the simplicity of the original. Yeah, like the core concept. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I thought that was a really clever twist. It carries basically this 100-minute movie. Uh, I would say that if I was going to give any criticisms, I didn't care about the characters as much really beyond the yeah. main one. Um, maybe as much as I did in the original movie. I just think that cast was sure. a lot more interesting. And I think that like this movie kind of bounced off um, of different groups of characters a little too much. Cause it's like, you know, her, her group of um, tribes people, and then it'd be with the trapper people. And then it would be with her brother. And it, like, it didn't linger on maybe anything particularly too long for anybody yeah. else to register think that kind of worked against it and some maybe there there wasn't any character work for anybody else besides her but this movie was going for a very deliberate thing which is very insular and focused on yeah her on herself. her so then yeah yeah and so everything else kind of was laid to waste you know the perspective yeah. is very much limited to her outside of a couple scenes of the predator doing stuff outside of people's vision but yeah. um you know i understand what they were going for with that and so um it, it worked for what it is but i maybe would have liked a little bit more you know, some characters banding together. I would have liked if she was kind of with the group of the of the tribesmen for longer and they kind of stuck around for most of the movie just getting slowly picked off instead of basically everyone, like, she's with Died getting murdered. And, yeah, and like... then, then everybody else she's with getting murdered. And then everybody else she's with getting murdered. You know, that part of it was a little yeah. wonky to me. But otherwise, um, I enjoyed the, the setup of it. Yeah, I, I don't really... It's like what you are saying, Mike. It's like, 
yeah, there's some of that, but it's kind of hard to fault this movie because I feel like Dan Trachtenberg knew what he was going for. It was very much like, yeah. we're going to have this one character and we're going to have the Predator, and that's going to be the focus of it. And so, yeah, like, there's side characters. They don't really get a ton of development. Like, her brother probably gets the most. But, yeah. I mean, like, his mm-hmm. role is kind of to more inform her character. Mm-hmm. But I, I applaud the movie because it knew what it wanted to do and it executes it very well. And there's not a lot of fat. Um, I feel like it doesn't overstay its welcome runtime wise. I, no. I don't really have, like, it's hard. I'm trying to think, like, there's not really issues or things that, like, it's kind of nitpicking at this point. Like, there wasn't anything that I, like, watched and I was like, ah, that's, that's not great. But, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, anything else I would bring up would probably be a nit- nitpick as well. Um, I, the only thing that I didn't like in some places was I wish that the Predator maybe hadn't, like, taken so many shots and, like, blows from different people. He kind of seemed incompetent. But I, maybe that's what they're going for is that he's kind of a noob and, like, yeah. is, is well, not fully so experienced either himself. I was reading that this is kind of his first hunt is yeah. the implication. So Predators leave the blood on their on their weapons. Mm. And uh, his his weapons are entirely blood stain free. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So even that, I can understand what they were going for. Um, so there's a narrative reason for it happening, but then it kind of reduces some of the impact of him being this unstoppable badass when he's basically getting shot at and wounded by various things throughout the movie. I mean, I, I guess you don't need to have him just be perfectly uh, impervious until the final battle, but it kind of reduced his threat a little bit to me and I would have maybe handled it differently if I was making it because uh, it made him a little more clumsy seeming. But once again, I guess that's a, a nitpick. I felt like in the original movie, the, that predator was maybe a little more unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I, I kind of liked, and if they're going for a more kind of primitive predator, like it's like his first time doing that. I kind of like seeing scenes where he's fighting the bear and the bear kind of overpowers him for a minute and it's like Mm -hmm. oh okay like i I thought it was just interesting because we in basically all the predator movies you don't get any of that until it's like the final showdown you know well and presumably this is the first predator who's ever come to earth right yeah yeah of course they wouldn't know what they're up against with a bear yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even like a person you know like you know i almost feel like the predator's downfall is always that it's it is is always a hubris so this one's like extremely cocky because yeah. it doesn't know what it's up against. And mm-hmm. so that's why it just like Leroy Jenkins, its way into situations and then kind of yeah. getting kind of, <laughs> kind of it's ass handed to it a little bit. Yeah. That, that makes some sense to me. But then I think the way that he's ultimately taken down a little unsatisfying to me. I mean, it was very much a Chekhov's gun. Like, so Chekhov's guns, this idea where, you know, you go and set up something in the first act, you have to kind of use it by the third act type thing. Um, and some sort of payoff way. And obviously his, his laser vision homing, uh, darts, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, that's influenced yeah. by his helmet comes in the play his at the end. Whistling of the birds. Yes. And it, I don't know. It like I understand what they were going for is that like oh she, she learned how to kind of use his yeah. stuff against him and that's satisfying um, and it makes her seem competent and smart, but then it also makes him look a to- look like a total dumbass and I, I'm I'm okay with bad guys getting bested by like their own weapons or whatever, but like 
I don't know, like, did he, did he really need to use that weapon in that way and not, like, realize the implications of what it would do? It's it just, mm, the way it was used to go and ultimately take him down um, by putting it in his vision and him not realizing it until too late seemed a little weird to me. Yeah, that whole sequence, I think, was maybe the weakest in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah. It, the- uh... Go ahead. No, the last fight, just in general, just kind of it was the weakest, I think, of the confrontations. Like the fight with the yeah. brother had been better, and also the one take where she was taking down the Frenchman was so like cool. actually the best part. Yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so I, it, it kind of ended a little bit flatter than I would have liked. Yeah. Also, I guess this is something that's like happened. Like this is like big predator lore is what mm. I'm learning on the Wikipedia page. So like the guy who's the translator from like. French to Comanche. Mm. He's in a comic book called Predator 1718 in 1996. And I guess there's a reference to him in Predator 2. So, like, it, this isn't even like someone had a cool idea. They, like, dipped way far into the deep cuts of existing Predator lore. Are you talking and about. came out with it, like. Are you talking about the, like, he's the guy who gives her the gun that she uses, mm-hmm. and then it's the gun that he gets at the end of Predator 2 when uh-huh. they show up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's interesting that, like, Dan Trachtenberg took time to be like, okay, like, I'm going to make my own thing. It's going to be my thing. But, again, just, like, respecting the story in the true. world that he's in to be like, I want to do something that kind of makes sense or could, like, fit this together. And, like, that was something where it's like, yeah, and it's not a huge deal. It's not mm-hmm. a main point of the, the story. But I was like, yeah, kudos to you. Like, I appreciate that someone cut. could like actually understand the world that they're like writing for. Yeah. 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 It, well, it didn't it, disrespect it and it, it kind of enhanced it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like if predator is your, is your pet franchise, I'm sure you were a total nerd about that. Like mm-hmm. the moments with that dude, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure like someone who's like way into this, like alien slash predator yeah. franchise saw that dude and was like, it's the guy, like dude, just yeah. total Leo pointing gif yeah. ultimate fan service moment. But without like, I, I didn't need to know that, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that until I looked up after, but I thought yeah. this movie and, did good. Like along that same route of like slight homages to predator, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the whole thing where it's like, she uses it in the it final was- fight, but she gets caught in like the mud and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, are they going to use uh-huh. that? Like that, how she's going to cloak herself. And, they're like, no, but like, you know, we've seen Predator, so we're gonna throw that in there. Like, <laughs> right. or yeah. you know, it's the, like the lines, like his brother is like, well, if it bleeds, we can kill it, and it's like, oh, I okay. hated that. But <laughs> or then at the that's end, that's the only one I did hate. Or at the end, at the the fight when she's like, come on, do it, do it, you know, like yeah, in uh. Predator. So there was stuff like that where I was like, okay, like it didn't feel like too offensive or like, hey, we did this thing to do this thing because it's like their story was already like, this is what we're doing. We have our own idea and plans, but we want. Yeah, it was it was confident enough in its own identity yes, that it yes, wasn't leaning yes. on those too it didn't, much. It didn't need to be like, hey, he said the thing that Arnold said, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things too. I I love that Dan Trachtenberg saw the Revenant and was like, needs more Predator. Um, <laughs> which yeah. like hard agree because that movie's boring, but um, <laughs> I would have liked it way more if there was a Predator. And then Inuyasha could have been like, we actually had a guy hunting Leo DiCaprio in like a most dangerous <laughs> game situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Trachtenberg is like 
after just two movies, has proven himself as one of the most, like, thoughtful genre filmmakers in Hollywood right now. And I'm really sad we didn't get his Uncharted, because that's what he was working on before this. Oh, really? He was, Yeah, he was supposed to make Uncharted, and then, like, I think the studio was like, we're going to put Tom Holland and Marky Mark in this, and he was like, bye! Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he left with, like, over-studio differences. Um, that, right? Was that him, or was that... Jordan, no, Jordan Vote Roberts is doing Metal Gear. Um, yeah. And I think those two guys really get nerdy about the stuff Yeah, they're in. And I'm like, I'm really glad he didn't hit a sophomore slump. Like, I'm so happy this movie was good. Uh, because I really liked 10 Cloverfield Lane a lot. And yeah, so to it was see him, really like, good, yeah. And to see him, like, come out swinging again with, like, another really solid genre movie from maybe, like... I also love that he goes for kind of offbeat uh, franchises too. Mm-hmm. Like I know Bad Robot approached him about kind of making it into a Cloverfield movie, but like no one ever thought that Cloverfield was going to get a sequel. And I love Cloverfield. So I was like hyped out of my mind already to see it because I love Cloverfield. And then like seeing what it was and how good it was and how good the performances are and how well he made that movie and made it fit into like whatever Cloverfield was at that point before they ruined it with Paradox. Yeah. I, uh, I really appreciated that. And so I'm sure for like, Anyone who's, like I said, anyone whose pet franchise is Predator, one, knows they're in good hands because of how good 10 Cloverfield Lane was. And then two, like when they see it, they get that same moment I had as a diehard Cloverfield fan watching some new Cloverfield thing when you thought it was totally over and having it be like up to par with the original movie you really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This was definitely something that I think was made for both fans, but also for people outside of it. It's extremely yeah. accessible. Uh, none, none of the fan servicey stuff uh, impacts your enjoyment if you're not aware of it, but it's a little bit of something there for if you, you are aware of it. So in general, I think they handled the, the fandom just right. Yeah, and I, I going along with that, Mike, it is a different enough take... And, like, even in the trailer, how they did the reveal of, like, oh, this is a Predator movie. But it's different enough that, like, I know a lot of people who would be, like, I would never watch a Predator film. Like, Mm -hmm. because they just, what comes to mind is, like, oh, that horrible franchise from the 80s with Arnold and, like, all these Mm one-liners. And, like, you know, you see the the picture of the Predator, like, when it takes its mascot. Like, you know, like, that's what they picture. And they're, like, I would never want to watch this. Right. And this just completely like recontextualizes it but it's still the same core concept so there's like oh like native americans kind of period piece ish but then it's like oh like it's a predator movie like honestly Mm -hmm. it's like this is kind of one of those things where and again mj is kind of like what you're saying it's like this didn't have to be a predator movie like this could have been like you know them fighting a bear or like well i mean <laughs> yeah. it could have it could have been a different it <laughs> yeah. could have been a different yeah. alien with this type of like he could have created new lore of like there's yeah this, like right. yeah it, and but the fact that it is predator like again it's just like he's dan trackenberg's got really good attention to detail and like the worlds that he's writing in so it's like it makes sense but i think that's a really big strength of this movie where it's like it doesn't like it understands the concept of predator and that franchise mm-hmm. and the whole thing we've talked about but in this weird way it's like it makes it more accessible for people because yeah. well cuz it's you, just like a good story in itself yeah exactly cuz it doesn't necessarily have to be like the predator like it could right. be a different alien or it could be a different thing but the movie is still about naru 
and her like right. having to overcome this thing and it, you know this happens to be like oh it's the predator and yeah, so well, i think and, that's super clever to do that yeah well and, and that's why like i go even a step further than you where it's like this could not even involve an alien at all it could just mm-hmm. involve uh, a, a powerful beast that they're hunting that's taking them yeah, down. Yeah. you know like the gray basically yeah. or something like yeah. that but or even that new idris album movie right like right the, yeah yeah exactly but it would stand on its own even dealing with that subject yeah it's the same thing i maybe reference this movie sometimes too much but like the wrath of khan for example um is basically just a submarine movie and just two yeah. submarines dueling each other which is really just uh an even further back age of exploration <laughs> ship fighting movie yeah yeah you, you, it's you, like you mutiny could, on the bounty but right yeah. exactly you, you could take that premise and work it in different eras and it would still be mostly good because yeah. the story yeah. itself is good exactly and so that that's the first thing about making a good movie is just have a good story first and foremost yes and, and you could just swap out the characters and it would still make sense and it would still be good you could take out the prem the franchise premise from it and still it would hold up on its own yeah yeah i mean raiders of the lost ark right like that's yeah. the one everyone uses as an example you can remove harrison ford from that movie entirely mm-hmm. and everything still happens exactly as that movie <laughs> happens and it's still great and he's still great in it and you still mm-hmm. care about what happens to him even though he affects the plot zero percent yeah yeah right because it's just a cool story mm-hmm. exactly uh and so I think that there's something to be told about that um, for future filmmakers, which is you don't have to like get beholden by like the lore or this or that. Like, just tell a good story first, and then if you're gonna insert franchise characters into stuff, then you should care obviously about those things and yeah. how you treat them. But make sure the make sure the story that you're telling first is fundamentally sound, and then add the trappings of this other thing that you know you've acquired on top of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think also, too, what you're getting at is something we've been talking about that's been very refreshing <laughs> this summer is, like, it was shot on location. It was shot in natural yes. light. They, used a, yes. they used a suit. It's a guy in a suit. It's I a know. tall guy in a rubber suit. Practical. And he looks great. Yes. Like, that bone shield mask thing is rad. Like, it yeah, looks, it looks cool. so, like, yeah. scary and intimidating and, like, otherworldly. And, like, it's dope. And so... All of that makes this movie feel so immersive and like great and like Top Gun Maverick and you know all the other stuff we're talking about this summer. And by the way, if you're paying attention, these are the movies people are talking about on social media over any of the Marvel shit that's come out this year. Yes. Like (laughs) the the movies that are dominating the conversation on social media are Top Gun Maverick, this Nope. Nope. Yeah. Uh, RRR and everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere all at once came out in March. Yeah. Like, it's still and in people theaters. are still talking about that movie, and you can still go see it. Top Gun Maverick is going to hit three months in theaters yeah. by the end of this month. That's crazy. That's unheard of in the way the release windows work for. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be number two in the box office this weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. People are still seeing it. I was, I was looking at, cause they're releasing Jaws and IMAX on September 2nd. And I'm going to go to the Colorado Springs to see it. Cause of course I am, but it's the first time they've ever released it in IMAX. So I was like legit worried that Top Gun Maverick would be showing still to the point where like this theater just isn't going to show Jaws because way less people are going to go see Jaws than Top Gun Maverick. And so this week uh, they released E.T. for the first time ever in IMAX. And I looked at the theater I was planning on going to because it it is two and a half hours away in Colorado Springs. Uh, We're going to go visit my mother-in-law. But um, 
I looked up to see if they were showing E.T. The other movie that's in IMAX now is Bullet Train. This IMAX theater did something I've never seen an IMAX theater do, and that's they split the day into thirds for E.T. showings, Bullet Train showings, and still Top Gun Maverick. Like, wow. <laughs> that's wild. It's going to be the highest grossing movie of the year, maybe, unless Avatar. Yeah. But I, I don't think so. I think Top Gun Maverick is still going to be outgross Avatar. Um, and... It's just so cool to like see everyone talking about all the one to just see people talking about different movies. And I don't mean like movies that aren't Marvel movies. I mean, like everyone, like this group of people is talking about RRR. This mm. group of people is talking about everything everywhere. This group of people is still talking about Maverick. These people are talking about Prey. These people are talking about, no, like to just see like separate conversations about different movies yeah. is so refreshing instead of everyone just like discourse 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 star wars thing marvel thing like yep. it's it's so much like yeah. it's it's like legitimately this sounds stupid and like is definitely a luxury problem but also lets you know the areas of social media i hang out with like it's just better overall for everyone's mental health to be talking about different Other shit. things <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly yep well and what's the common thread between this and um top of maverick besides just the practical effects and all that stuff is that it's another back to the basic storyline. It does, mm -hmm. it honors the concept or the character yep. well. Um, and it, it can fit in within those eighties revivals that are actually good conversation that we've been having, yeah. you know, yeah. with, along with Cobra Kai, along with Creed, I mean, I know, I know Brocky is yeah. technically a seventies series, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, I feel like to me it's eighties. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's a good spiritual, not a spiritual sequel, it is an actual sequel, but um, it, or prequel, I guess. But it goes and respects the franchise, but yeah. it also is not alienating at all to somebody who's just stepping in for the first time because it understands yeah. what it's trying to achieve and it does it well. And it doesn't get sidelined trying to, which I feel like a lot of these, like, hey, we're going to take this IP from this other time and we're going to try to, like, imbue it with, like, relevant things of today or what we're trying, the conversation we're trying to talk about today. It's like, no, just, like, tell a good story first. And mm -hmm. then, like, if there's other things you can add on, that's great. But, like, just make me care about the characters. Like, tell a story that's interesting instead of just, yeah. like, yeah. oh, I'm going to, like, first. you know, this director's like, hey, I'm going to put all, everything that I think about, all my beliefs on this. And then it's like, okay, well, then, like, your story still sucks. Yeah. Well, right. I, I think that's something that, well, I think Dan Trachtenberg would have done this regardless, but um, to get into like quote, sociopolitical analysis of a well. predator movie, um, <laughs> like you could definitely read like a colonial, whatever I, yeah. allegory I, I, yeah, into it I for mean, sure. I, it, and, uh, but my point is that I, one, I think that's fine, but you can also like you look at Parasite, right? Which is very yeah. sociopolitically yes. forward. Yes. Like it wears its politics on its sleeve. It wears yes. its message on its sleeve. I mean, you know, Bong Joon-ho like straight up said what the politics of the movie were. If you couldn't, yeah. if you couldn't already discern what they were, but you know what? That movie's great. Like it's still yeah. a good movie because he made a great movie. And like, I feel like we've talked about this a lot too. Like a lot of Korean shit is starting to affect a lot of American stuff that's getting made. Mm. And all, a lot of that is very sociopolitical. I mean, even squid game is very sociopolitical and has a lot of that kind of commentary on it, yep. but they're all good, interesting novel stories. Exactly. That are like well told yes. first and foremost. Yes. Right. Well, and, and <laughs> the story is crafted in a way that it supports the message, but the message like, 
I know that maybe the way it's portrayed in the media sometimes is the messages of some of those things were simplistic, but I feel like actually they dealt with them pretty deftly and yep. in nuanced ways where it, it wasn't as simplistic as some people treated it. There were it wasn't just like mm-hmm. oh all rich people are bad, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, certainly for, for Parasite, it was definitely not that. Cause no, it was. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's was, a piece of garbage in that movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of gray. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean. We don't have any problem, any of us, uh, with a political or socio-political message. It's just when it's ham-fisted and it, exactly, it's, it's like unidirectional and um, simplistic in a way that really doesn't go and give any sort of depth to uh, real issues in the real world. That's yeah, where and, it goes and grinds against my gears. And it overrides the story, and that's like the thing we're saying. Like, you know, the movies we just listed, like Parasite, like the story, the core concept. Like, it's good. The characters yeah. are good. The story makes sense. And it's like, yes, like you said, MJ, it's like, yes, there's politics, like, in the movie. Like, there's social commentary. Like, yes, we understand that. But, like, the story in and of itself is, like, strong. It can, like, it can stand apart from just, like, what you're saying, Mike. People are like, oh, well, I just have to shove all, like, my beliefs in your face mm-hmm. and yeah. hope the story kind of makes sense. That's not yeah. how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think all the movies we've talked about, like in this little chunk, have some sort of they have some sort of message on their mind. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, but they're really well executed in the way they do them. Like, like I mean, holy crap, R R R freaking hates British people. Um, <laughs> but like that movie was super entertaining. I thought like it was it was rad. Uh, and so. Um, you know, I texted Sarah, my British co-host, and was like, sorry, sorry for how many British people I was happy died in RRR. <laughs> and she was like, that's eh, fine. Um, but, like, that movie wears its messaging on its sleeve. And it's I, it's honestly, like, one of the things people are talking about the least with that movie. It's one of the things people are talking about the least with this movie. It's, like, because there's so much other stuff going on. Like, yes, it's a part of it. And, yes, it can be. And, you know, arguably should be, I think everything has like is a reflection of the creator's beliefs in some way shape or form and it should be but yeah. uh it's still good and accessible and like really fun and easy to watch like i mean I, this is going to sound maybe uh, like a platitude but like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down a little bit you know yeah. like yeah they made this stuff really entertaining and then like yeah we can sit here and talk about that i'm not super interested in doing it because it's pretty one pretty base level especially with this movie yeah but to uh it just it is what it is you know like it 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 just that's just how the movie is and i think that's what makes it work yeah i mean i think whenever you execute something well it lowers lowers your guard and makes you more susceptible to listening to the message so if you want to go and actually send the message then you should make sure you're the, the rest of the story that you're telling is compelling first because then yeah. I'll be more receptive to it. And Instead I, of being and, like, this yeah. is garbage, so I'm not going to listen to what you're trying to tell exactly, me. Exactly, <laughs> because yeah. the story's not good. And I and I think a lot of this, too, is like what you're saying, Mike. It's like if the story is good enough for us to be like, wow, this is like done really well, my guard kind of comes down, I'm more open to have like conversations about different things. But I think mm. some of the strengths of like some of these movies that like they do have deeper meanings and it's like, you know, they might have commentary or whatever is like the actual story in and of itself is like really engaging. So like Mm -hmm. even this movie, it's like you're saying MJ, it it doesn't really have super depth, like about social political issues. Yeah. There's like colonialism can be talked about, but like 
you know, it's not yeah, like at a deeper level. It's not a deeper level, but okay, yeah, and, you know, yeah, and, and, and gender roles stuff. and like, like so some of that, it's like in there, but that's not like the main focus. But it's still because it's not the main focus, and it feels like more organic to the story. It's like, I don't know. I I feel like okay, like yeah, there could be a conversation. I'm thinking of something like nope and i know you just saw this mj it's like yeah there's a lot of commentary and layers to that movie but then if you just actually like if you're like okay i don't want to like really look at any of that and i just want to look at like the the physical what actually happens in the movie it's still super engaging it's a really engaging story and so then it like opens you up to be like i want to process more and i you know for me personally it's hard to divorce those things when I engage with the movie but I'm just saying like somebody who's like I just want to watch a movie and have a good time and I don't necessarily want to like engage at that level I think Mm -hmm. some of these movies when they can really execute well is like they kind of have that in mind of like this is a really solid story and then like yeah there can be other things here that like can there can be a conversation around them yeah and I think I'm glad you brought up Nope. I know we're going to do another episode on it in the next couple of weeks, so I don't yep. want to tip my hand too, too yeah, much on yeah. it. But I, I think that, you know, Jordan Peele is sort of the American answer to that. Like, whereas Bong Joon-ho is, yeah. like, has that in Korea. And he's been doing that. I mean, he's been doing that his whole career. Like, The Host is a super political movie, but it's an awesome kaiju movie. Also, kaiju movies are kind of inherently born out of a political statement um, right. about mm, the nuclear yeah. age. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, but, like, I mean, right, like, Peel's first movie is Get Out, and that movie's super heavy with its messaging, but it's still yeah. really entertaining and interesting, and Us is the same way, yeah. and Nope is the same way. Like, anyway. this is a guy who understands he's trying to send a message, and he wants that message to be present, and he wants it to be in front of you, but he also wants to make a super good horror movie on yes. top of that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we should just go and clarify is, we we want our movies to have themes and messages. Yes, yes, no, yes, I yes, do. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> just so everybody can you know be clear on that. So our audience, I, mean, I think no one's probably in any doubt about this. But I mean, one of my knocks against a lot of our superhero movies nowadays is that they're not saying anything. Exactly. Yeah, they're, not about, they're not capital letters about anything. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying they have to say anything about a political issue or social. Just the, right. what is the nature of being a human being is just yeah. in itself a theme, and and yeah. they don't have anything I, to add to that conversation yeah i mean guardians 2 is my favorite marvel movie for that reason it's just a bunch of people hanging out talking about their grief and trauma right like that movie is about processing like you said the human experience of just like the joy and sorrow of living a life for a certain amount of years and going through that with your friends and family by your side like that's what that movie's about and no almost no other marvel movie has something like that in it and like it's really unique in that way but it's also like fun and funny and entertaining and has like a great soundtrack too Mm -hmm. yeah 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 exactly and no one even talks about that aspect of it which is crazy to me you know yeah but that's like the heart of it that's the reason why i like that movie quite a bit more than a lot of the other marvel movies yeah and and that's the focus of the movie like 90 percent of that movie is people talking in rooms they just happen to be in space right exactly and so you know we want our our movies and stuff like that to go and have messages um and try to say something in their runtime there's obviously some room for just a thrill ride i don't think there's anything yeah yeah no no that's great oh spectacle is great too and like the spectacle and prey is great i think yeah yeah. this is like a a good marriage of the two which is that it was trying to say some things it wasn't like the theme was super deep but no it it was at least trying to do some things and then it had some good spectacle with it too and that's the reason why it's a well-made movie 
Yeah, wow. I mean, Maverick had the same thing. Like, the spectacle mm-hmm. in Maverick is next level. Like, we're yeah. not... I mean, that is... Good luck <laughs> topping that in the next five to ten years, I think. Like, yeah, the people are going to be searching for it, but I don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to find it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if the next Mission Impossible movie is going to hit the level that that movie did. I you don't know, think so. but I don't think so either. The trailer looks cool, but like, I don't, I don't think it's going to be nearly like that level. Mm-hmm. And like, that movie is like not that political, but there's a theme about aging and finding your place in the world when you feel out of place as like a. a you know, an older person and, you know, what, what values you had when you were young and seeing them in the next generation and seeing how that has evolved into making you the person you are today and instilling that in the next generation while still also letting them make the same, have the same triumphs and mistakes that you made, uh, back then as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's all in that movie, but like, we didn't talk about that on our podcast. Like we, you know, we talked about how dope the IMAX was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's why I said at the beginning of this, I almost wish there was more gore in this movie because, like, that's part of the spectacle of a Predator movie is like ripping out skulls and spines and stuff, and like, mm. full, like it's like Mortal Kombat, right? The Predator is a playable character in Mortal Kombat Ten, yep. and it's for a reason, right? Like, the the spectacle is kind of inherently the gore when it comes to a Predator movie, and this one takes a lot of steps back. So, like, it's very wide angle when they're doing a lot of the gore effects. And I'm sure that was to save on budget a little bit. But also, gore effects aren't that expensive because that's what most low-budget horror movies lean on. Yeah. I also wonder if maybe there was an idea that there was going to be a PG-13 cut or something like that. So, they didn't lean on it too much in case they wanted to go in that direction. Yeah. Or for maybe, like, TV editing, if they want to have it on cable or something like that. They'll have an easier version to go and sell. Yeah. But yeah. I wish it had gone a little bit further in some of the brutality um, myself as well. But it, it's a minor nitpick, I guess. Yeah. 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 It is. It, I mean, it is and it isn't sort of for me because it's like that is inherently part of the spectacle of a Predator movie is like crazy, like kills from the Predator. And so, like, that scene where it has the yeah. like floaty grenades off of mm-hmm. it, like the floaty, like landmine grenade things. Yeah. And we just see like a Cut pulled away. back shot of an explosion and then trees falling down i was like no we should be seeing like it raining dude you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it, it is part of not just the spectacle it's also selling the threat of the bad guy as well yeah 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 so you're kind of rooting for the main character to go and best them and you're like oh man i, I wonder if she's going to succeed against this unstoppable badass because yeah. you've seen the horrors of what he's been able to inflict and then if they cut away from that constantly you don't quite get that effect as yeah. much. I agree. Yeah. I well, think in also, the context like, of like other, and I, I see what you guys are saying. I think against the other Predator films, it's probably like, oh man, this one is a little bit more tame. tame. I feel like yeah. in the context of its own movie, like, you know, just in its by itself, it feels like it does, like the ante does get upped when he's like killing all those, like, you know, those fur traders and everything. Like that scene does feel like, okay, like it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty yeah. intense for this film. But I, I can see compared against the other Predator movies, it's probably like, right. okay, this one, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, I think too, like not to bring up Nope again before we, we do that, but oh. <laughs> Nope isn't a particularly gory film. No. It's not even particularly that scary, like compared to Jordan Peele's other no. films. But there is some chilling sound design yeah that i was gonna say the sound design is like one of the biggest stars in that movie yeah (laughs) it is man that movie sounds good crap (laughs) and uh that's that also is missing from prey there's a lot of like really kind of haunting screaming that happens to to people who are uh 
victims in 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 Nope. In nope. Um, and it's it's and played it's up a, like pretty. Yeah, and then dead and silence then it's just after stopped. Two. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah. And like yeah. Predator, I think if you're gonna do the pulled back version of violence, maybe add that layer mm, into that could, it. That so could help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're gonna make an intimate, more insular kind of movie like this was trying to be. Yeah, maybe some more emphasis on the sound design would have been appreciated. Yeah, I mean it sounds good. Like all the all the weapon noises are like very satisfying, yeah. but like. I mean, just like even like pulling back and adding like trappers screaming right before they explode, like it. I don't know. That, I think that would have gone a long way to further Emphasize. sell. Yeah, like the one, the threat of the predator, and two, like oh, he is like he's tearing through these people. Like it's yeah. not they are not dying comfortable deaths. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, do you guys have anything else about prey? Uh, no, not really. Good movie. I mean, yeah. Good. yeah, I liked it. Uh, it'll be interesting. I've seen a lot of buzz about people being like, is there going to be a sequel? So A lot of people want a sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I would maybe be interested, but maybe not with this cast. If it goes like another time era, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. I feel like to do it here again, like you would start to even already right, build some problem. of the fatigue, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like if we jumped to a different thing and this kind of became the novelty thing of the <laughs> franchise it's like oh like that could but i don't know it's kind of like you can d- how Predators many times creep. can you do that yeah <laughs> how many times can you do that before it's like okay so like now they're with pirates and now like you know like <laughs> oh yeah, man you, you just sold me on that <laughs> dude i would absolutely watch uh predator pirates for sure and it's that like would the, pre- be dope. The, the predators in the water so it's kind of yeah, like jaws like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I am a sucker for clash of era type things. I mean, that's the reason why I kind of like Cowboys versus Aliens, but that's not really a good movie. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I did not know that. I learned today. I learned. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. It's still not yeah. like a good movie by any means, but I, I it's like a novel when, concept for sure. You, right. Yeah, the concept yeah. goes a lot further with me than the actual movie itself does. Yeah. Um, but I like seeing that kind of thing happen and play out. So yeah, Pirates I do too. Versus Predator. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I I think that's why I'm sad. I hate the Assassin's Creed games and why the Assassin's Creed. Why I'm yeah. sad the Assassin's Creed games are not good because, I, like, I should be a total sucker for them. like everything about yeah. it. And they, those games in particular pick really interesting periods of they do time. Yes to portray and then the gameplay is like real boring yeah um uh, it would be nice if somebody in hollywood picks up on the fact that hey people actually do like history (laughs) if if you find a rule that gets them interested in it i mean assassin's creed games go and sell millions of copies every time they're out and then we get no movies about these eras generally and then also i mean how hamilton right like hamilton takes a very modern art form and applies it to a historical context and that was like the biggest thing in the world forever you know like yeah and we can we can do these subjects outside just doing boring period piece oscar bait crap uh yes you could set an action movie in this period and make it cool like you don't have to just set everything in modern day guys it's okay yeah i mean there's like there's even that have you guys seen the trailer for that other hulu movie the princess Mm mm-hmm yeah it's oh, just like yeah. it's just like what if a Disney princess was John Wick actually? Like that's the yeah. that's the premise of the movie. And like I was joking to my wife, I didn't know that's what it was until like earlier tonight when we were watching a, an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. And I told her I was like, I don't know if everything needs to be John Wick, but then in the back of my head was like, 
I'd probably watch that. <laughs> I'd probably yeah. watch like a, a a super crazy like sword action movie set in a like dread but in a castle with a princess that has to save herself. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, all right, that's kind of dope actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the a good genre mashup. I think we could do more of those. Yeah, I I, I agree. I super agree. I, I and I think that's one of the things that Predator or Prey does really well. Um, and I really like my final thought on the movie is like, I really hope Dan Trachtenberg just starts getting blank checked. To, I, w- uh, my two hopes for Dan Trachtenberg are that one, some studio just like, here you go, man, go do whatever you're going to do. And two, uh, Kevin Feige loses his number. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please, please let that happen. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have anything else? Nah. No, go watch it. It's good. Yep. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, Corey, do you have anything to plug? Uh, you can check out Real Filmmaking YouTube channel. Uh, Mike? Just go and check out my most recent book, also an audiobook, The Ashen Prophecy, on Amazon and Audible. Um, yeah, uh, let's jaws for a minute. Um which is my other podcast. We just released our episode on Jaws the Revenge, and we're going to be starting the filmography of one Mr. Steven Spielberg, not minute by minute, but um, one episode <laughs> at a time. We're going to start with Duel. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our first season is going to go through Hook. Um, and yeah, uh, there's that. I was on Gag Me with a Chainsaw, which is a... Uh, a podcast all about 1980s slasher movies, which is a, uh, uh, I chose Psycho 2 um, uh, as as my option, uh, which is extremely good and cool, and you should see it. That movie's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of figuring out how to do a sequel to a movie that doesn't necessarily need a sequel, whoa, that's a good movie. Um but yeah, Gang Me With a Chainsaw is also based in Bakersfield, California, our hometown, um, and where Mike and Missy currently are. Uh, so yeah, give them a follow. I think they're just at Chainsaw Podcast on every social media, but um, hosted by Corey, uh, who does the horror trivia at Tikiko, um, and, and Sarah. Yep, that, that's how I ended up on that, uh, Mike, is because is, I'm, I'm, I'm in, Instagram friends with, uh, with gotcha. Corey. Gotcha. Yep. Um, but yeah, also, uh, Psycho 2 takes place in Kern County. <laughs> um, oh. The, wow. One of the first shots of that movie is the building Mike works in. Heck yeah. Wow. I don't know. Did uh, you see my check. text message about that? Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just forgot to respond to it. That's yeah. That's sweet. It was wild. I was like, oh, they just like, that's the, that's the building. <laughs> yep. I know that building very well. And then the next shot, I was like, that looks like jury duty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, a couple local to Bakersfield podcasts talking about uh, a local to Bakersfield film that we didn't know was local to Bakersfield. Uh, Yeah, there's that. Uh, I was on Fandamentals. You can listen to this episode right now. I was on Fandamentals to talk about biopic movies and uh, more specifically the Elvis movie. Um, I think those are my only two podcast appearances that I have. I'm going to be on the Bond we share, but I don't know when that's coming out uh, again to talk about Casino Royale, but we're recording that next week. So, and then we will be back. uh, You're kind of getting bonus episodes. We'll be back next week to talk about Nope. 
uh, with a returning nope. co-host Missy Lonsinger. It's going to be her first her yeah, first yeah, episode yeah. back. So, uh, yeah, uh, Corey, you're going to be sticking around for a while as well. I think we can tell people that. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some sort of revolving door of of hosts uh, that uh, you may get all four of us. You may just get three of us. Uh, depending on on what everything looks like, but yeah, uh, ha- super excited to have everyone who's like a major player in uh, the sort of real P lore. <laughs> um, the back in, universe. Yeah, 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 the yeah the RPCU. Yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of like play, playing again in the same sandbox. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what that is. Also, uh, there's not a lot of stuff coming out, you guys. Um, so if there's anything you want <laughs> us to talk bad. about. Let us know. Uh, yeah. So bad. Yeah, because shit looks real dire for the rest of the year, man. Like, yeah. it, looks, it is bleak. It is a bleak release window. Uh, yeah. So maybe we can uh, shed some light on some some underseen films over the last couple of years that maybe you guys want us to talk about. I just had an idea for one that I'll run by you guys. Uh, uh off mic but yeah um until next time aliens are the bad guys